Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who were way too disturbed by those subliminal messages in Disney movies, YouTube videos. I'm Hannah Leach, a multidisciplinary artist, audio producer, and deeply averse to 90s pop culture references in animated features. I'm sorry. And I'm Audrey Leach, director, editor, producer, and diamond in the rough. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Tuping Productions, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 1992's Aladdin. 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. Say the magic words. Genie, I wish for you to make me a prince. He has the lamp. We're never gonna get a hold of that lamp! Oh, Do you trust me? Hello, everybody. It's time to take take a little trip to Agrabah (laughs) on (laughs) this week's episode of Sleepover Cinema. We are really excited to have a guest with us today. Her name is Amy. You may know her from TikTok as at Amy Thinks Too Much. She also has a YouTube channel called Amy's Room. If you saw that video called Cartoons Messed Us Up, Here's Why, about oddly sexy drawings of child girl characters in cartoons, that was Amy's video. I liked how it felt really, thro- not like thrown together in a bad way, but in a good way. Yeah. Like like she's just talking to you. You're just having a convo rather than a very formal video essay. Uh-huh. And I enjoyed that. And her editing is really good. And we'll get to tell her all of that. And I'm sure mm-hmm. she will live for that assessment. So Amy will join us in the second half and it'll be a ball of a time. Okay, so with that in mind, we are just going to get right into the facts about Aladdin. So Aladdin was released on November 11th, 1992 and is rated G. It was directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, written by John Clements and Ron Musker and Ted Elliott, with music by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. These are all, you know deep assets to the Disney renaissance. For the synopses, IMDb says, a kind-hearted street urchin and a power-hungry grand vizier vie for a magic lamp that has the power to make their deepest wishes come true. Letterboxd, Princess Jasmine grows tired of being forced to remain in the palace, so she sneaks out into the marketplace in disguise. Why are we in deep in the plot? What's going on? <laughs> out into the marketplace in disguise where she meets street urchin Aladdin. The couple falls in love, although Jasmine may only marry a prince. After being thrown in jail, Aladdin becomes embroiled in a plot to find a mysterious lamp with which the evil Jafar hopes to rule the land. That's just like (laughs) the first 20 minutes of the movie. 
Rotten Tomatoes. When street rat Aladdin frees a genie from a lamp, he finds his wishes granted. However, he soon finds that the evil has other plans for the lamp and for Princess Jasmine. But can Aladdin save Princess Jasmine and his love for her after she sees that he isn't quite what he appears to be? That one is so good until it's just soon finds that the evil has other plans for the lamp. They what just the? are missing the word Jafar. Yeah, just use they his name. so close. They were so close. Taglines. First, it is not what is outside, but what is inside that counts. Okay. Mm-hmm. A diamond in the rough. And finally, imagine if you had three wishes, three hopes, three dreams, and they all could come true. Imagine. What? <laughs> <laughs> not the strongest. Okay. it's okay. It clearly didn't matter that much because- Okay, but when you could have just said a whole new world and left it at that. I know. So now onto the cast. We had Scott Weinger as Aladdin. He plays Steve on Fuller House and on Full House, which I thought was funny. He is the speaking voice of Aladdin in like every spinoff, every computer game, every everything involving Aladdin. He also was a producer on Blackish and on Galavant, which I thought was interesting. And then we have Brad Kane as the singing voice of Aladdin. And his credits were really interesting because he kind of just does a lot of like very random like Hollywood small gigs like it'll be like producing or singing or voice acting like it's all very all over the place but clearly he is booked so good for Brad then we have Linda Larkin as the speaking voice of Jasmine Jasmine seems to have been kind of her first major role and her like her calling card since then. Like, again, she does all of the spinoffs, all of the games, all of the extra princess stuff. She's all over that. Very notably, as her singing voice, we have Leah Salonga, the diva herself, Filipino excellence, also the singing voice of Jasmine. She also played Eponine and Fontine in Les Mis. If you're a fan of the 25th anniversary concert version with Alfie Bow and Norm Lewis, she plays and Nick Jonas. Jonas. And <laughs> Jonas. How could I forget? She is Fontine in that concert recording. She also originated the leading role of Kim in Miss Saigon. And she just has like a really rich international career as a vocalist and like a media personality. And she's just someone whose voice and presence makes me happy because she just has great vibes. Then we have Jonathan Freeman as Jafar. He also was in Shining Time Station and much like the voice of Jasmine and Aladdin has been Jafar in everything Aladdin since the movie. Then we have Gilbert Gottfried as Iago, best known for his quote-unquote X-rated comedy act. He was also in The Adventures of Ford Fairlane and Beverly Hills Cop 2. He was a very well-known comic figure also super well-known for his voice. He was also in Look Who's Talking. And then interestingly, I didn't know this, he did a podcast from 2014 to 2022 and did 640 episodes of his podcast. And he died from health issues in 2022. So 
shout out to Gilbert for his contributions to this world. And then speaking of contributions to this world, we have Robin Williams as the genie. So Robin Williams is best known for Aladdin, but also Mrs. Doubtfire, Good Morning Vietnam, Goodwill Hunting, One Hour Photo, Night at the Museum, Bicentennial Man, Jumanji, um, a lot of deep staples of the 90s. He's Peter Pan in, in Hook, which seems really weird to me because... Robin Williams is not a child and Peter Pan is supposed to be a child, but you know what? It's okay. So he's also supposed to be a boy and Allison Williams is not. (laughs) (laughs) But I know originally on Broadway also played by a woman, but still. But like a far cry from Mary Martin. Like what the hell? Budget was 28 million. Opening made 196,664. And the gross total is $346,476,295. So for critic and audience opinions, there was a 95% critic score, a highly entertaining entry in Disney's Renaissance era. Aladdin is beautifully drawn with near classic songs and a cast of scene stealing characters. Metacritic gave it an 86 and a universal acclaim badge. Okay. I know that's a new one. Yeah, I've never seen that. Got an 100 from SF Chronicle. Beautiful, romantic, and frantically funny. In its brief, often frenetic 85-minute running time, it manages to be a riot of entertainment, embracing the best of old-fashioned merriment as well as savvy, up-to-the-minute contemporary humor, (laughs) thanks in large part to an extraordinary performance by Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Times says Aladdin is a treat for adults as much as it is for children because the big blue genie of the lamp is none other than Robin Williams. And finally, TV Guide Magazine gave it an 100. Aladdin is a fairy tale with an edge, a popular children's story that will have even the most media savvy parents straining to keep up with Williams' machine gun mm-hmm. delivery of quips, allusions, and imitations. Aladdin won Best Original Score, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Sound Editing at the Oscars as well. People liked this movie because they liked Robin Williams, uh, which obviously kind of adds some extra flavor as we know how Robin Williams' career ended. Uh, It's just something, especially with the -the up-to-the-minute humor, I'm like, yeah. That was just like less of a thing than like hyper-referential animated comedy was less of a thing. It's like Shrek did it in a way where it isn't super dated feeling, but I do feel like it's a bit dated in Aladdin, but we'll talk about that more later. So Common Sense Media said that Aladdin is appropriate for ages six and over and gave it five stars, saying it is a magic carpet ride of a movie from Disney. Parents need to know that Aladdin is the 1992 Disney animated retelling of the classic Middle Eastern folktale Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp. The bad guy Jafar can be pretty scary for younger kids with his sorcery and mind control, as can scenes in which Aladdin is chased by henchmen with giant swords and mythological monsters. There's also some cultural stereotyping. Scheming Arab and Jewish merchants with large noses, for instance. Potty humor includes burping and bad guys getting the seat of their garish underwear torn off by an angry tiger. But Genie provides plenty of comic relief to the more dangerous moments. The late Robin Williams is in full force free association as Genie's voice. 
Also expect a bit of mild name calling and some revealing outfits on Princess Jasmine and curvy dancers. Overall, the theme of being true to yourself should resonate with families and inspire discussion between parents and younger kids about not changing who you are simply to please others. This movie does get the special treatment of having the slide before the movie starts on Disney Plus where they're like, this movie has problematic depictions of minorities. Please avert your eyes or you know that we know that it's bad. You can also hear the re-record of like the third line in the opening song. Did you notice that? It used to be where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. And now it is where the sun is intense and the sandstorm is dense or something like that. And it's a different singing voice. It's like an almost the same guy, but not the same guy. I had to do a choral medley of Aladdin songs my junior year of high school. And we like had really specific choreography for that exact phrase where we did like a, like a dramatic, like, hand over the face when it said if they don't like your face and it was not tasteful but like who's surprised now for audience score and letterbox rating the audience opinion of this movie on rotten tomatoes was a 92 percent and a 3.9 star rating was the average on letterbox and there were three takes that i got here the first one 4.5 stars. Jasmine kissed that bitch Jafar to give Aladdin a few seconds of free time to steal the lamp back, and he wasted those seconds staring at them in disgust and didn't get the lamp, which means she had to kiss Jafar's ugly ass for no reason. I can't believe she ever forgave Aladdin for that because I haven't. Then we have 3.5 stars. She's 15, meaning Jasmine. 15, 15. And then lastly, But isn't he also a teen? Probably. And then lastly, five stars. He is so cool. When did we first watch Aladdin? What did we remember about it before we watched it again this time? I don't remember when I first saw it. Eventually we owned it on VHS. I think also stolen. From Allie Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we actually owned that ourselves. We got Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin in the same drop. It's the same old thing. Boy movie. I can only be so invested. Jasmine wasn't my girl, so. <laughs> you think it's a boy movie? Well, outwardly, yes. I didn't even watch it. Like, I watched it, like, maybe twice. It wasn't even until watching it this time that I was like, oh, this is just actually a love story. Like, it's only a love story. The conflict is only about them trying to be together, pretty much. Yeah. Which is actually very not boy movie vibes. So I was like pleasantly surprised by that. But as a child, I was like, yeah, this, I was like, that's not for me. We had the Jasmine Barbie. I remember thinking that Aladdin and the King of Thieves, which was the direct to video one, was Aladdin. And I would actually love to watch that because it sounds like a Daddy Issues direct to VHS Disney production. And it sounds like it would be interesting. Uh, Other than that, the show choir medley we did, 
I remember it was in 2012 and some dumbass in the group was like, we need a dubstep dance break. So someone like orchestrated like a quote unquote, like dubstep dance break. And like everyone was like, it's like so humiliating looking back at it. Like people were like actually trying to do it really seriously. And it was like intentionally too hard to do. Did you just like flail or what did you do? I, well, okay. So one of the good things about this is that Steven, this guy, Steven, who was in the group, he was a senior at the time and he was not good at dancing and it was the spring concert. So he had no motivation to learn it. And so when the dance break came, there is a recording of him just flailing, like literally just whipping <laughs> his arms around and like jumping up and down. Um, and he was living the fantasy for all of us who still had to take it seriously because we weren't seniors yet. But I remember even the teacher was like, well done, like appreciated that <laughs> as a choice. Um, but yeah, I definitely just faked it really half-assedly probably. Aladdin was one of Amy's childhood favorites, so I'm sure that she will have a lot to share in the second half. So we are just going to go right on ahead into our conversation with her. Go to Disney Plus, give the animated 1992 Aladdin, not the live action, a rewatch, and meet us back here for a little conversation. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Okay, everybody, welcome back. And we are so excited that our guest is with us. We have Amy with us today. This is Amy of at Amy Thinks Too Much on TikTok and also Amy's Room on YouTube and loyal listener to the pod, it, I it turns out. <laughs> I have been here since the beginning, like since the dinos roamed. Like, <laughs> and, like these girls have seen me through jobs, through makeups, through breakups, through hell and high water and back. And it's just such an honor to be here. I feel oh like I'm besties. God. Like, <laughs> just hanging out with the gals that I've known for years. Oh, my <laughs> wow. God. That is so exciting. Thank you so much for listening for so long. We've done, well, okay, now I have to ask a self-indulgent question, mm -hmm. which is, and you don't have to have an answer to this. Do you have like an episode or like a thing that sticks in your mind the most? I'm always just curious about this. Hmm. I would not be say no. so. Yeah. I wouldn't say anything is like popping out at me. Mm -hmm. No, I think maybe the first one I ever listened to, did you guys cover Princess Diaries? Yeah. yeah. 
And you guys had, like, such good research. You had, like, the lore of, like, is it Meg Cabot who wrote yeah. Yeah. Yes, you guys yeah. have the lore and the backstory. And I was like, these <laughs> girls are prepared. They are prepared. They're here with the facts. Like, no other podcast gives us the cast rundown, like, the taglines. And you guys come with all the research. It's incredible. Oh. Thank you so much. It's a it's a joy and a pleasure. Every time I pull the taglines, I'm like, "What's Audrey gonna get to read this week?" <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I They're wonder, so like, funny too. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if people like enjoy the first half or if people kind of skip to the second half. Like, I don't really know how people listen to it, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm such a film girl, though. Like, I feel like the film girlies are there for the first half. Yeah. There might be some skippers, but we are there. Yeah. <laughs> there is an audience. I'm so glad. <laughs> it's weird to find out that you've been listening for years because I like just so happened to see your video, like, mm-hmm. cause it popped up on my recommended. Cause obviously like I am the target audience for that sort of thing. <laughs> and then you commented on, um, Hercules, I think. Yes. And asking if you could like use a bit of our convo for something, I don't know what. And I was like, oh, duh, of course. So now it's just, it's just funny Mm -hmm. to find out that you've actually been listening for a long time. Wait, can I actually like, okay, can I set the scene for you? Um, So I was (laughs) listening to, I don't even remember what episode it was that you mentioned my YouTube in. Um, But I was listening just casually in the grocery store, in the bread aisle, choosing, do I want butter? Do I want whole wheat? What do I want? And then I hear my YouTube channel name and I was like, (laughs) what? I literally stopped in my tracks and it was such a strange moment. It was so weird. I like had to replay it and I was like, did she actually just say that? Oh my um, god! That was so cool. Yeah. Wow. So it's so fate has finally brought us together. Yes, besties for the resties. Yay! <laughs> uh, that makes me so happy. When did you first watch Aladdin? And like, what are your memories about it that go go back the furthest? I had it on VHS. Too young to have seen it in the theaters, but I was a very strange kid, and I would wake up every single day before middle school. And like hours early so I could watch a film in its entirety before (laughs) school. And I remember Aladdin being like the number one film on that rotation. Like I'd plug in that VHS, watch it all the way through. And then as soon as those credits roll, I'd go to school. Wow. (laughs) So I loved this movie. I loved the music. It was such, such a special, it was this one in Lion King. Oh my god. A little bit okay. of a pick me. I would never say that I liked the princess movies. I'd be like, no, I like the boy ones. The boy <laughs> oh, ones that's for me. so interesting though. <laughs> I know. Now I flip-flopped. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you guys? Well, we were just talking about it and like we really wanted to so okay. <laughs> so controversially, we didn't get Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast until I was like halfway through high school, probably. Like we had seen them, but we hadn't like owned them, them, seen them. Yeah. And so 
the reason why we picked this movie specifically, actually, one thing I didn't say in the first half, which I should say now, is that one of my best friends in high school is Indian American and like loved Aladdin and was kind of like embarrassed that she loved Aladdin. She was like, it's so like cliche that I love it so much, but like, I can't help it. But the reason why we wanted to talk about this movie with you specifically is because of like the role that the character of Jasmine plays in the video that you released that so many people saw and just like that whole can of worms in general. So you were an Aladdin girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How did you feel about Jasmine as a child? I really don't think I thought about Jasmine like whatsoever. Mm. Like I don't think I wanted to be her. I don't Like, I didn't relate to her. I don't, I really think she was like a sub character in the movie Mm -hmm. to me, which is so strange. (laughs) But yeah, it was all about Aladdin for me. Like, he was my love, he was everything. Um, (laughs) So it was funny, like, watching those scenes back as an adult and just thinking, like, oh, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) What is Uh happening here? I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. 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 I was like, when I rewatched it, like, I knew it was, it's like bad, but then why does he have to say pussycat? like it's already like nine out of ten bad and then he says pussycat and I'm like there's no reason for that and he really hits like a soft like pee when he says it pussycat like "Ah, (laughs) so bad I like screamed to myself when it got to that part and I'm curious do we know if they say pussycat in the live action (gasps) Oh, I don't Maybe know. Maybe they do. Who knows? They might. No, I really doubt it because the entire point of the remakes is to be right. in the business of correcting themselves. So I kind of right. doubt it. That's so true. By the way, about five minutes before we logged onto the Zoom, I did have a mini heart attack, realizing you guys might have meant the remake. <laughs> oh, God, and I was no. Like, no. Oh, my. And then no. I thought, no, my girls would never. They would never. <laughs> Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. I actually went, because I've never watched the remake from like start to finish, but I watched parts of it after I watched the animated. And I'm just like, the whole thing looks like it could have been made by AI, like all of it. It does, right? Totally. Yeah. Um, the only reason I would ever consider watching the remake is for Miss Girl from, I don't know her name, but Miss Girl from Lemonade Mouth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who is she? I don't know her name, but uh, she serves in Lemonade Mouth. She yeah. serves. So I, I forget her name. I forget yeah. her name too, but she also was in the like failed Charlie's Angels uh, reboot. Oh, she was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Sad. Very interesting. So when you say that Aladdin was your love, well, first of all, are you, how old are you? If I may ask. I'm 26, newly 26. Very new. Okay. Audrey's 26. Were you on Tumblr? I was Tumblr adjacent. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All I was going to say is there was like a weird, there was an odd amount of like Aladdin thirst content on Tumblr. Did you ever encounter any of that? (laughs) 
Not to my memory, Uh, but I'm obsessed. No, there were like these awful, awful edits, which like, (laughs) oh my God, where it would be like, okay, you know, there's like that one still where his hand is like behind his head. Absolutely. Like looking down. Yeah. Okay. So it would be like that still, but like with like a photoshopped like 2014 beanie and oh, like a septum no. ring. <laughs> oh, no. And like, and like tattoos. And there was one of like Prince Eric. It was like all of those guys, but edited oh. in like a 2014 like alt hot man way. And, uh, I was wondering if you had seen those. I'll have to send them to you. I'm going to have to see those. I'm going to have to lay my eyes. Yeah. They're exactly what you would picture. They're very excruciating, but I would see them on Tumblr in high school. I forgot about those. Yeah. I may have even reblogged one at some point. for sure. Beyond. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And you know what? That's okay. We accept you. That's canon. Thank you. Thank you so much. It needed to happen. Thank you. Um, So... Rewatching. How long had it been since you watched Aladdin when you watched it for this time around? I had only seen that like 10 minute segment that I included in my video. And then beyond that, it'd probably been 10, 15 years. Oh, wow. Whoa. I know, right? I'm telling you, I exhausted it when I was wow. 11. Exhausted okay. it. Okay. So what parts of the rewatch, like surprised you the most like what things really made you like pause and think like what were your impressions upon seeing it again I was for I mean it was just as magical I was so happy Mm -hmm. about that I was worried it was gonna lose the magic no it's beautiful it's magical um and I love like the side characters are the movie to me now like (laughs) Aladdin Jasmine Jafar do not care give me the rug Give me Abu literally cosplaying as an elephant for half the movie, which I completely forgot about. Um, give me Genie. Like, I, don't, I didn't remember how, I mean, obviously Robin Williams, R.I.P. Um, mm-hmm. And you just know he was in that booth just ad-libbing constantly. Yeah. And then they had to make the little graphics to go along with whatever he said. But yeah, those little characters really, they did it for me this time in a way that I don't yeah. think they ever did as a child. yeah. I was appreciating that too. Right? Do you feel like the humor holds up or do you feel like it's like still, or it's like frozen in time in the 90s because Robin Williams does crack a lot of jokes that are timely or like it just, it just feels very timely and we are clearly not in that time anymore. So I'm curious to know, like, can you still get a giggle out of it? (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think just for, I mean, I've, The Robin Williams stuff, yes, just because it's so quick and it happens so fast. And even if there's something where you're like, oh, um, (laughs) like, I think he makes like some like really cunty women appear at one point and they like flirt with Aladdin. And I was like, this kind of serves, but also did we need that? No. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There were a few moments uh, that were a little, but they go by so fast that, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think... Also, like, obviously you as an 11-year-old, any of us as kids, we're not, like, picking up on the, like, obscure impressions of, like, no. <laughs> like, people that would have been pop culture figures to people that were, like, 40 in the 90s. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> yes. So, like, 
I don't think that we need to get it. No. Because at the oh, end of the day, because we never would have like, anyway. Yeah, it's like time. a silly face and a silly voice. Like you get it or you don't, but you're probably going to enjoy it either way is I guess kind of how it had to have worked because otherwise people would dog on this movie all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I think probably a lot of his references still went right over my head, even uh, to this day. They did for me. They did for me. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, haha, yeah, comedian reference, right. like truly did not know. Yeah, um, like I know you're doing something there. I just, I don't know who it is, but it's funny voice. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What is your favorite song? I mean, Prince Ali. Save. Right? It's so good. It's so good. It's so yes. good. As a kid, it was always, uh, I don't know the name of it, but one hit ahead of the hit man. That one always did it for me. But no, watching Prince Ali this time, I said, stop. (laughs) Stop. He's parading through town. No. And it's so, it's so good. Like, I, it's, it's fun to sing along to. There's all those characters. I feel like we had it on like sing along songs or something Mm -hmm. when we were kids. And I kind of felt like it was a skip. But it's not a skip anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever gave it the time of day in back in the day. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why that is. But yeah, I agree. I kind of feel like I thought it was a skip as a kid. Like I was like, okay, yeah. whatever. Maybe because like, I don't know why, but in my head, Prince Ali is like very much on a similar level as Be Our Guest. And I just yeah. prefer to be our guest between the two. Because huh. it's the big production number with like yeah. really intricate, like layered animation, like just like a lot going on at once. So I kind of equated them in my mind and I just like be our guest more. I equate it to like, I don't know if you guys know Fiddler on the Roof. Indeed <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> when that man is singing, if I was a rich man, and he starts shimming, yeah, da, 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 yeah, da, yeah. it's yeah. that energy. It like, is that energy. <laughs> like, yes. I don't think I understood when they said Ali Abagwa. I don't think I understood that, like, that was, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> yeah. thought they were just speaking gibberish. <laughs> yes. That actually reminds me, one thing I wrote down in my notes is um, that... There are certain lines in like Disney Renaissance songs that are so oddly specific that you're like, how would a kid ever know this? So like the example in Aladdin is when uh, Aladdin says, next time I'm going to use a nom de plume. (laughs) Oh God. I totally miss that. And I have no idea what a nom de plume is. is It means a pen name. Like a, like a fake name, which, okay, so that is funny to me. And then it reminds me of, um, of this line from Hercules, which is in the opening. And the muses say, on, on Mount Olympus, life was neat and smooth as sweet vermouth. Oh, yeah. I'm like, neat and smooth. Like, what kid? It's like, I remember hearing those words as a kid and it not clicking at all. And then my boyfriend is like a huge, or like a huge Hercules person. And he was singing it one day. And I was like, did you just say what I think you said? And I learned that way. So those men were teaching us big words. They were, I wrote down the most, truly the most random um, line in the film, 
But I was just like, this is the sort of thing that I would have heard as a kid and never once thought about. <laughs> like, it really doesn't have any meaning. It's just a really strange thing to say. Okay. Um, but I think it's I think it's Jafar who says this. I never wrote down who said it, but I think he says to um, what's the parent's name? Yeah, Iago. Oh, Iago. Iago. Yeah. He says, "Trust me, my pungent friend." <laughs> like, why would he say that? That's so strangely specific. Yeah, um, but I'm obsessed. I love yeah. it. Yes, I think it's funny that there is this like horniness element to Jafar's character when it seems like he's only horny out of spite because he does not seem to love women. No. No. <laughs> no. And yeah. It's like Preminger. It's yet another character like Preminger from Princess uh, Barbie, Barbie Princess and the Pauper. Um, yes. Like gay-coded? Yes. Is, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yet another gay-coded evil than yeah. demon like yeah which we love but we also hate <laughs> yeah oh, oh another thing I wrote down was these are just like silly things okay you know in when they're in the in like the market and the guard guy is like we found us the street rat and look a little street mouse and i was like i was like are mice categorically hotter than rats like is that what we're going for i, I paused the movie at that moment too and i was like okay i mean i guess it's like how when i was a kid i thought cows were girls and horses were boys yeah, it's like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah it is like that yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I paused at that too. Yeah, it it gave me pause, I will say. Uh, right. I definitely was noticing the kind of like advancements in animation that they were going oh, for yeah. in this movie. You've got the CGI backgrounds with 2D characters sometimes, like for action sequences, for certain scenes, they like really went there. And maybe it didn't age amazingly, but it definitely still looks good enough and like it's cool that they did that that is pretty cool i was definitely thinking though i do not remember the cave of wonders looking like a video game i was playing in 2004 <laughs> right um, <laughs> when that cave showed up i said oh okay well good they were trying things i love that for them yeah how do we make progress if we don't try <laughs> right Yes, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's a stop along the way, but it had to be made. So I can appreciate it. Another thing that I noticed um, that I feel like is rare in films that have both like a prince and princess role is that like Aladdin and Jasmine are actually like allowed to be like physically close to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's something I've never thought about. Yeah, yeah like, I noticed that too. They physically act in a very realistic way for like people who are into each other who like are going to date or are dating. Like they actually are allowed to do that, like cuddle or whatever. And it's just kind of, it was like heartwarming uh, because normally there's just like a stiffness and like an unbelievability to like a rigidness to the couples where it's like, do they even like each other or like, what is this? Or it's Mm -hmm. forbidden, which they're also forbidden technically. 
the woman seems too much like a child for this man. Like Snow White feels that way. Like, I don't know, even the Little Mermaid kind of feels that way where like Eric just seems so much more like a dude, like a, like a grown man than Ariel does. Yeah. So true. Whereas with um, Aladdin and Jasmine, I'm like, these, these seem like people who are the same age who are just into each other. And that literally was refreshing to see. Yeah. That is so true. Like I was swimming. I was missing my ex. I was doing all the things, watching them cuddle up next to each other, truly. Yeah. Yeah. Or like when they hold hands at the end, like that was cute. They are actually a good couple. Also, to Audrey's point, the kiss after the carpet ride is like a lot of jaw. It's a lot of jaw. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it kind of... (laughs) It, like, makes me think that they must have been using, um, they, I'm, like, almost positive they were using human video references for moments like that because, and, like, with the, like, cuddling, any sort of thing where, like, they're physically touching, I feel like you could really tell that there was a human model for that. Because it, like, do you know what I mean? The proportions and the the jaws. It looked really right. Yeah, it looks really correct. It's like, it's. It's like the shifting of the jaw. (laughs) There's just so much jaw. Like, and I remember we had like a, uh, I think it was like a little golden book or something like a, like a book of Aladdin. And they had like a picture, like a still from that scene in the book. And I remember even thinking there was a lot of jaw in that still. So that's always been a big part of it in my mind. Have you ever, like, when kissing someone else, thought, am I using too much jaw? Like, has it permeated your actual life and romance? I think I think the thing is, I've never been in a situation where, I think this is why it's so it's jawy. Reaching it's because up. of the, the angle. It's because one person is here and one person's there, and it's, like, r- right. straining. It's the straining with the yeah. jaw. Right. Yeah. You're I'll never have like, to reenact that at really some point. Sticking your jaw. <laughs> <laughs> You're really giving it right now, though, Audrey. You got to do it at an angle, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but then he gets the boost. You know, it works out. But like, yeah, yeah. But there's a moment. It does. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so good. So good. Anyway, so loss of draw. I trust that you are aware of the whole like the sexual subliminal messages thing. Do you know about that? Well, okay. In Aladdin? No, I don't know if I do. Jog my memory. Maybe maybe I do. Okay, so basically, you know, like the Lion King one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It kind of has like that same energy to it. But basically, I think it's right before A Whole New World, like Prince Ali, as we're calling him, (laughs) uh, like showed up on the balcony. And then Jasmine's like, gonna come outside or something but he's like interacting with Raja and you can hear him in the background and it sounds like okay people were really making the argument that it's he was saying good teenagers take off their clothes what lord but like it's very much like not it but it's one of those things it's like one of those urban legends when you're a kid where you're like oh right it's so fucked up and horny like why did disney put that in there yeah. right yeah we get to this um 
urban myth? The urban myth, the controversial thing, where there's a little bit of Aladdin uh, um, ad-libbing off stage, and many, many people believe that he says, good teenagers take off their clothes, and he does not say that. We did not record that. We would not record that. But it is an urban myth. Um, it actually is an ad-lib yeah, that he... Yeah, Scott Weinger, the actor, actually said, good tiger, take off, scat, go. And it was all ad libby improv stuff. He did to fill in a gap because we had, in effect, lengthened a scene and we needed more dialogue to continue through it. So that's really what he's saying. And that, uh, Jasmine looks at him kind of strangely right after you hear that line. But the reason she looks at him strangely is because his turban has come off. So she's actually thinking he looks kind of familiar in that brief glimpse of him without his turban. And it has nothing whatsoever to do with what he just said. Come on, good teenagers. Take off. Come on. Down, down, Kate. Wait, wait. Well, still just piggybacking on um, on that, did you guys find yourself, I had to like actively suppress the thoughts of, is this racist or is it not? Because mm-hmm. obviously I'm white, I have no place to talk about, you know, what is or isn't racially insensitive. And yet I st- it was like intrusive thoughts. I kept being like, oh, that's insensitive. Oh, nope, stop. Stop <laughs> thinking about it. Focus on uh-huh. other things. Like as soon as it starts, Like, the movie starts with, um, it begins on a dark night where a dark man waits with a dark purpose. And I was, like, about to throw my notes out the window, like, I can't do this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think, I think for me going into it, I'm like, this is a... I think I'm past the point of looking for the problematic parts or even noticing them because I'm like, this whole movie is like a caricature of like vague Middle Eastern, South Asian something. Yes. Like the biggest evidence for that is the eyebrows in this movie. Even like, y'all, even the parrot, like Abu (laughs) had eyebrows. Everybody had these, like, dark 2016 fleeky eyebrows. And I was like, stop! Like, no! (laughs) Like, I was surprised the carpet didn't have eyebrows. It was unbelievable. (laughs) They stopped short of the freaking carpet. That's good. They stopped short of the carpet. That's good. (laughs) So... A big theme of the videos you've put out and just kind of like your content in general is talking about representation of women in children's media. Animated, so specifically. I, yeah, and well, but also right? not because the video about the hot moms. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is George Lopez for children, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I watched it as a child. That's conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, like... So kind of what I, so I watched your video like when it first came out and then I watched it again today and I was thinking about how like my uh, perspective has evolved a little bit and I'm curious like when I see representations like that, it really grosses me out, especially as someone who's worked with young girls a lot. And I'm kind of like, do we get mad? I feel like it's, it's so layered because it's like, okay, we get mad at the illustrators or the companies for drawing these characters that way. And at the same time, it's like illustrators are going off of like a cultural shorthand of like what like a girl looks like. And right. so it's it's like, are the cartoons a symptom of a bigger problem? And in that case, like, where do we direct the the energy? I mean, I know that there's a lot of people that like, 
Like, how much disagreement do you get? Like, so how much? much? <laughs> like, tell us about that yeah. and, like, what people say. Oh, my gosh. I get so much. Um, a lot of your overthinking, which is I why I named that. the channel. Isn't that. that the worst? Yes. I named yeah. the channel Amy Thinks Too Much originally to counteract that. So you really can't say anything if the channel name is that I think too much. Like, <laughs> obviously, that's what you're going to get. Right. Um, that's actually a great yeah. way to fight it. That's amazing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so many people like to say that. W- <sighs> I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. I mean, I get some interesting takes. A lot of people don't think too deeply about this. For instance, on the um, the moms on TV are hotter than the dads video. So many dudes commented that. That is simply because women are hotter than men in general. And they're just sexier in general. And I was like, um, sirs, you don't think average women exist? You don't Mm -hmm. think, like, less than average women exist? What? Like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of men, those designers included, people who make movies included, only when they think of a woman, they only think of a stereotypically beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Sexy yeah. woman. I shouldn't even say beautiful. Sexy woman. Like yeah. male gazy woman. That's right. who they think of. All other women don't even compute as human in their brain mm-hmm. until they're confronted with it. And that's how I think we end up with media like this that portrays women only in a certain way. But then also it's chicken and the egg because then that breeds a generation of kids who boys who think that's what a woman should look like and girls who think that's what I should look like. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, even though I was never, um, never felt aspirational toward Jasmine specifically because I so badly wanted Aladdin, like I was thirsting (laughs) so bad, like drooling from my mouth. And I'm like, well the kind of woman he likes is someone like Aladdin or someone like Jasmine. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so it's, it's just a, a toxic, toxic cycle. Mm-hmm. Audrey, as the, um, as the gatekeeper of, or not the gatekeeper, as the manager of the TikTok account, how mm-hmm. often do you think we are told that we are overthinking it? <laughs> not that often anymore. But I think the only reason that it is that way is because I ju- we just get way less comments than we used to. I think there's some kind of algorithmic change because like, I don't really know why, um, which I'm really glad about, honestly. I like, <laughs> I love getting hidden by the algorithm actually. <laughs> um, because it's like, you know what? You can't say I didn't post. You can't say I didn't put it out there. We just didn't mm-hmm. get it. Because like, <laughs> You know, you you try to pick the thing that would spurn response because that's like technically what should be fun about TikTok, but it's also what's terrifying about TikTok is it's both. So, but yeah, we used to get a lot of like that, just that exact sentiment, like, or like these girls are, these girls, like this is cringy or like, this is embarrassing, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, if I saw this, and I wasn't somebody who would be my friend, I probably also would think this was cringy, but what are you going to do? 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like, agree. <laughs> it, once, once you have written something earnestly and put it on the internet, like you are in cringe territory pretty much no matter what you do. And that's okay. I, I just can't you monitor know? it. You can't care about monitoring cringe levels if you're also trying to post a certain amount per week. Like at some point, it's just like, this is a part of like the job that I'm doing and I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I can't be thinking about cringe levels. It's too much. Yeah, it's like, I hate to think that people think that I care too much, right? you know, or like that I'm like sitting in my room, like crying all day about these things. But I'm like, it's like, no, if you have half a brain, you know, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, why can't you just be here for some fun discussion? Like, it's not that serious. It never yes. was. Yeah. Just like engage in a fun way. <laughs> right. We're not like making picket lines saying cover Jasmine yeah. up. Like, no. <laughs> just yeah. talking. Do you have anything? Okay. I know this is just like a side note. But this is because it's a perpetual conversation, at least in my household, which is how do you feel about Meg in Hercules? Just as a side note. <laughs> I love that you asked this. <laughs> okay, Meg is someone I felt aspirational about. I wanted to be her. Oh, well, first of all, she's like literally being pimped out by Hades, which I never mm -hmm. put together as a kid, like absolutely being pimped out. And also you, she comes across, like, it's one of those characters where they're very much trying to make her seem very deep and like a yeah. well-rounded character. But really all she is, is just sexy with a sassy voice. Yes. And like that's yeah. passed off as being like a well-rounded human being with autonomy, but absolutely she is not. No, it's like a uh, trick. It's like a trick that yes. Disney used to play a lot. And um, it's ultimately shallow. But like when we were fighting with Josh in the Hercules episode, it was just like, <laughs> how can you not? I like he I feel like to this day, like he still just didn't he didn't quite put it all together. Like, no, what, no. Oh, like, like what we meant, because it's the sort of like shallow um like, uh, how do you, I don't even know how to put it into words, but that exact feeling of like watching it as a woman, like a grown up, and being like, oh, we were like sold this idea of what it would be, what it would mean to mm -hmm. be like a woman that thought for herself or was, you know, different, yeah. not like other girls or whatever. And then you look back and realize yeah. it was just like this thing that a bunch of guys created to make it, her seem that way. But it like wasn't that. Yeah. Wait, I don't something know. something just clicked in my mind that I think would maybe seal the deal on our argument, which maybe I'll make oh. later, which is <laughs> okay. that because, OK, because the the counter argument he was making was that like because Audrey and I love Lana. Can he hear you right now? <laughs> He's probably clicking on his computer like two <laughs> rooms gonna, away. Okay, I we don't need that. We don't no, need no, that. No, no, no. That, like, he was like, you guys love Lana Del Rey and her whole thing is, like, the male gaze. But here's the difference. Lana Del Rey created her own gig and yeah. Meg is a animated character created by men. Yeah. Yes. So there is the difference. Yeah, Lana's an artist. And I would so argue Lana Del Rey's whole thing isn't the male gaze. Like... I would so argue she's so, like, I would say Ariana Grande is so yeah. male-gazy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lana Del Rey is, she's for the girls. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and I feel like she kind of yeah. takes the male gaze and flips it on its head. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, no, that's so true. Ariana, I love Ariana because she's an amazing vocalist, but she has done almost nothing, if not nothing, to challenge, um, <laughs> to challenge what men want to, from her as a pop star. She has done literally nothing yeah. to subvert that. And I think it would feel inauthentic coming from her anyway. The best part of this whole thing is, I know we've talked about it on the show before, but someone commented on the Hercules episode that Josh needs to work on his feminist lens. <laughs> and so now we tell him that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> it, was, it was the perfect uh, thing to levy against him because now it's, if he disagrees with one of us, it is, you need to work it's, on your feminist lens. You need to work lens. on your feminist right. lens. <laughs> Right, if he won't make you a snack, um, yeah. the feminist lens, <laughs> it's cracking. <laughs> I said hot Cheetos, please, in my room now. <laughs> Do we think that there was enough room in this movie for two highly respected 90s comedians of large presence? Between Gilbert, <laughs> what, between Gilbert Gottfried and Robin Williams, there's a lot of bit. There's a lot of bit yeah. in this movie. I don't love it. My problematic take about this movie is that I don't, I mean, we already talked about it. I don't think, ah, no, I don't think that the comedy is great, but people really ride for Robin Williams and for obvious reasons for them. I think it's just like he could pull jokes out and voices out so fast and you have to just admire like the wit and the, the genius behind it. But then if you do actually like look at the jokes, were they funny or were they just fast? That is, you know, case by case. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. I I feel like what it did for the adults though, who were big Robin Williams fans at the time is that it was able to translate his style of stand up and improv into an animated film so seamlessly that they were probably just very impressed by the fact that they were able to incorporate what he already does really well into a kid's movie. So like they're going to a a kid's movie with their children thinking it's going to be like some dumb shit. And then they end up getting like this element of Robin Williams stand up that they love. So I feel like that's Mm -hmm. probably where the love comes from. But for us, it's like, since we were not there for that, it's kind of like, I could take yeah. it or leave it. You're on retainer for Robin Williams estate. You're <laughs> yeah. his PR, PR person. Yeah. It would just be interesting to hear like your take on, as we were saying, like, is it a discussion for discussion's sake? Are we like bringing awareness to the programming that like young girls went through when they watched all this stuff where it's like, we kind of subconsciously think we should look or act a certain way because of the way that women were drawn and portrayed. Right. In animated movies or it's kind of like, is there a call to action? Like based off of all this discussion that we, that we partake in all the time, sometimes it can feel like a complaining loop where it's like, well, what, you know, it's all iconic stuff that we loved as kids, but what do we like do with it? Like, you know, I think, I think, um, my primary thing, a lot of people think that I am bad at these older... Th- no, absolutely not. Like, I still love Aladdin. I still love everything that I talk about. Um, mostly, I like to reflect on 
the way women are portrayed in children's media for our own sake. It's kind of therapeutic for us to explain, you know, why I am the way I am, why all my friends are the way they are, and why we've grown up to have struggles like eating disorders. Or I still see myself through the male gaze pretty Mm -hmm. much all the time. And I'm trying to rid myself of that, but I can't. So I think making these videos and talking about these things is therapeutic. However, I will say if there is a call to action, it would just be to show more diverse. I I think the number one thing is show more diverse bodies yeah. and more diverse mm-hmm. personalities, but especially bodies and mm-hmm. skin colors and female characters. Um, because without that, like, I really feel like growing up, it's, I could be sassy like Meg. I could dream of being sweet like Belle or, you know. Reading um, a book. (laughs) Reading a book is so smart. Um, but (laughs) But like the one thing that like you would never imagine yourself being is larger. Mm -hmm. existing in a larger body, which I kind of do now. Mm -hmm. And that's harder to cope with because I I grew up as a very skinny child. And, you know, it's, ah, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, We just need representations of women being beautiful and being desired and feeling desire. Oh, that was something I wanted to bring up. That's a big one. There is an, that's a big one. We never see women feeling desire, like, sexual desire Mm -hmm. in movies period whether you know children's movies adult movies in Aladdin we do have one example of that queen who um in that like first song right and she says um what does she say I wrote it down it's that one Keys, 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 rather take her tasty. <laughs> yes, yes, we need that, and we need more. Give us more. But I yes. wish, I wish that that moment wasn't like played as complete. It's kind of like laugh at this weird woman, you know? Absolutely, that's so true. See, that's a good point too. Like, we need. I've, I think the best example I've ever seen of this, and I was so happy that it, it exists, is in, did you guys ever see Turning Red? Yeah, I mm-hmm. did. It's so, okay. Do you remember the scene where she's like in her bed under the covers, like drawing sexy pictures of her crush yes. and she's getting all hot and bothered? Yeah. I'm like, that is what we need. Yeah. <laughs> Give us that. Because <laughs> I didn't know I was allowed to feel that way. Like we're always supposed to be the objects of desire, never the ones desiring. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, and, and Jasmine in this movie is... 1,000% object, 1,000% trophy, even though she says she's not a prize to be won. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, as soon as you catch your female protagonist uttering those words, the ship has sailed. Like, it, it's over yes, for, right? for that. Yes. She said another thing. She came into the room, I think, when the Sultan was discussing with Jafar. And she's like, um, how dare you discuss my future? Yeah, Try it's it. like, and girl, I'm like, this is so surface. They just put that in there as like a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think also another thing that makes it worth discussing is um, like the, the topics worth discussing is also to encourage more girls to get into animation on a professional level. Um, yes. Yeah. Just because like, how would the tropes of cartoons change if it wasn't just like, 
men creating all of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something to consider. How do you guys feel about like, do we objectify men more or do we just not objectify women as much? Like, where do you land I, feel, I just feel like there, there's such a thing as respectful objectif- it, ob, not objectification, but like viewing this person as desirable in this scene right. without sexualizing them. That you can pretty yeah. easily do that through eye contact. There's like so many human cues that we have that make an emotion clear without going straight mm-hmm. to a body part or, you know, straight to whatever strategy they're going to use. So I feel mm-hmm. like to just focus on um, focus on character development over and like the relationship between the characters rather than asking the audience to be the one to sexualize the character. Like let's, do you know what I mean? Like, because with, yes. with the male gaze it's so often like not even through that not even necessarily through the eyes of the male character that is viewing the woman but it's actually this third view it's like a a separate angle entirely that the male character in the scene wouldn't even be seeing mm-hmm. that it focuses right. on like boobs or or whatever it is so like I just feel like they should to, to focus on character development over um hotness like inherently (laughs) I don't know Mm -hmm. that's what I would do I agree yeah I think additionally I don't know if this is like too much to ask it might be but like using like objective or like objectifying angles and perspectives as like more of a reflection on the character, like, even if the protagonist is, like, a, like, let's say the protagonist is, like, a really horny person, even as a woman, like, it, it being, like, an extension of how the character is viewing it, but us knowing that it's, like, a flaw of the character, not, like, the right and just way that things should be. I don't know. It gets complicated, though, because, like, people are horny in the world. Yeah. Well, the, you know, like, the view, like, the male gaze in, cinema has so much to do with marketing. It actually doesn't have that much to do with cinema because they're trying to make a dollar. So what's going to make a dollar? That's what they're doing. It's like, so yeah, I feel like if it's character driven, I'm okay with that. I, I don't give a shit. Like I don't give as much of a shit as like people would think. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's more just like, (laughs) it's more just like, can we not ask for a higher quality objectification? <laughs> right. Yes. Like, yes. That's what I want. <laughs> I feel like that's like, actually it at the end of the day. Like, like make it I want artful. tasteful objectification. Truly. Yeah. Like when Timothy Chalamet said good girl to Sir Ronan and Lady Bird. <laughs> Like, I was fully objectifying him. Fully. Yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. tasteful. Yeah, know? like, no one's going to bring that up as an example. That's a, yeah, that's a good example, because you're never going to hear somebody be like, the male gaze in Lady Bird, that's not going to happen. Right, yeah. exactly. Because it's yeah. not. Okay, I feel like we could chat forever. So, <laughs> for, <laughs> for the sake of at least this episode, I feel like, I feel like we've spoken to our Aladdin truth. Do you feel the same? I feel the same. (laughs) Okay. 
Excellent. <laughs> so where can our listeners like find you on the internet, follow you places? Like what, what's the info? Right now I'm only on TikTok and YouTube. I'm switching over from um, Amy Thinks Too Much to Amy's Room. I'm not, I'm not sure how successful that'll be, but we'll see. So try Amy's Room on both YouTube and uh, TikTok. Cool. Um, this has been a dream. It has been wonderful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. It was so nice to meet you, girlies. Yeah. It was great to meet you too. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime. This was great. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so thank you, Amy. Again, we'll have all of the links to her social media and YouTube channel and everything in the episode description. So give her a follow. And until next time... You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover-cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingproductions.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Sleepover Cinema and post a full video version of each episode on YouTube every Thursday. You can follow me, Audrey, at Audrey A. Leach on everything. And you can follow me, Hannah, at Real Judy Garland on Instagram and at Lana Von Trapp on Twitter. I'm just noticing I have this one really tiny hair sticking out on this side. Um, and if you haven't joined our Discord server yet, go and do so at the link in our episode description. You can check out our merch at twopinkproductions.com slash shop. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and more. And if you love yourself some sleepover cinema, share some episodes with a friend or a colleague and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars and full of love. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer is Michael D'Aloya. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.